When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday, March 17th, 2017 here on the Patriots Beat Podcast. On this episode, we will be going over the Donta Hightower contract. We will be going over what is going on with Malcolm Butler. And we will be welcoming in Adam Bogdan from Stats LLC and Patriots Life to give us a little more updates on what the Donta Hightower contract is and what else we can expect from the Patriots this offseason. This is Larry H. Russell speaking on behalf of the network, thanking you once again for downloading the Patriots Beat Podcast here on CLNS Radio, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage for New England professional sports. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for your iPhone or Android for immediate and convenient access to all the content available on the CLNS Radio YouTube channel, podcasting network, and clnsradio.com. Now, on to another edition of Patriots Beat. Take it away, Harris. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Patriots Beat Podcast. I am your host, Harris Rubenstein. Very happy to be with you on this episode. Please remember to go find us on Twitter at CLNS Radio and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the perfect Patriots offseason is, uh, is back at it again. And our biggest news of the week so far the New England Patriots have re-signed Donta Hightower four years, $43.5 million, 19 mil guaranteed for one of the better linebackers in the NFL. Now, I have been predicting five years, 55 with 30 mil guaranteed almost the entire offseason. So knowing that I was a little bit High, honestly, is a little bit surprising, um, but at the same time, also not really that surprising. The Dante Hightower contract really does fit with what they're looking to do, especially with his contract. I mean, we knew that they weren't looking to really, you know, I, put a really big contract again onto their salary cap. However, they didn't want to not pay him what he was looking for. So we'll see what uh, ends up happening with the rest of his offseason with the amount of money they have left as well as uh, who they're actually going to bring in. Uh, I believe that any move they now bring uh, or any, excuse me, any move that they're going to make now for the rest of the offseason is probably going to be a trade. Obviously, the Malcolm Butler situation we'll get into. But the Donta Hightower stuff was really fascinating. I mean, we had the whole thing with the Jets and the cupcakes and the birthday party and then the Steelers threatening to pull his offer if he got on the plane. But, whoops, but Donta Hightower not really caring because, I mean, why would he? You know, he could just go back to the Patriots. So it didn't really matter to him. But, no, this was a it was a very interesting free agency cycle for the Patriots. Again, they they really enjoy doing this. They they enjoy saying, "Hey, you know, go find your market, go have fun in free agency, bring your best offer back to us, and we'll talk." 
And it's exactly what happened here. I guarantee you they made an offer to him. The Jets came back with their offer. They reportedly, the Patriots did, uh, reportedly bumped up their offer a little bit the night before or the morning of. He got signed, and then boom, it was done. So they probably bumped him up from about 17 or 16 to 17 mil guaranteed to 19 mil guaranteed. They probably met, excuse me, they probably put a, a blocker uh, at 20 mil saying we're not going we're not touching 20 mil if you want 19 mil guaranteed that's fine but that's probably where they set the boundary and I don't have a problem with that I think Dante Hightower is a great player I'm happy he finally got paid I think it was pretty unanimous among the entire team that everyone agreed that he deserved to get paid and he definitely did he's one of the best linebackers in in all of football he's one of the he's obviously the best linebacker on the entire team they needed to keep him after losing both Jamie Collins and Chandler Jones. They needed to bring back one guy. But one thing is is very strange to me is how much money they're spending this offseason. To be totally honest, I'm serious. I love it. I love seeing the Patriots get super aggressive like this. I love them being so focused and just attacking the roles and the pieces that they need in order to to bring this football team to the next level. Now, they are obviously the Super Bowl favorites, but you know, I was watching I can't believe I was watching ESPN first take last night. I was just watching their coverage of the Patriots free agency moves and they said that or Max Kellerman said it was cuz the window is closing for the Patriots. Now, that didn't really make a lot of sense to me. Seeing as Brandon Cooks is super young, Dwayne Allen is pretty young, Coney Ely is super young, and Stephon Gilmore is really young. But then I realized that's how they've been rebuilding this team for the past, I don't know, four years now. Outside of Chris Long, anyone that they've signed has been relatively young, relatively high in experience, but low in overall value, but just have a lot of years under their belt. And I think that's what Belichick's looking for here. I mean, you look at all the guys, they've all been, all the guys they picked up have been in the league for at least five years or five seasons, except for Brandon Cooks, who's been here for three. But for a 23-year-old wide receiver, being in the NFL for three years is incredibly valuable. You know, he's on a cheap contract. And just, it just it, it's really nice to see them be so aggressive. And I really think it's not because the window is closing, um, but the guy who's also on first take kept identifying market deficiencies. Market deficiencies as well as, you know, the usage of trading. And if you look around the rest of the NFL, there aren't any teams that trade like the Patriots do. You never see the Patriots dole out, or you really never see anyone dole out first-round picks and trades anymore. You never see people, uh, excuse me, you never really see people or teams move around assets like that to try to get young players. But I think the Patriots have identified a market deficiency with trades and say, hey, we can, instead of you know, drafting a rookie and have him on our team for five years, we can pick up Brandon Cooks, 23 years old, can do the same thing, has been in the NFL now for a very long time, has success in it already, and is due a contract in two years. So it's kind of interesting uh, what what's going to happen with this the rest of the Patriots offseason. They still do have a ton of money, so I'm not really sure what they're going to be looking to do. However, I, I'm very excited to see. I think the next move for them will probably be 
If they're not trading Garoppolo, they're probably going to trade some sort of offensive weapon. Don't be surprised if they trade a running back now that they sign Rex Burkhead. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But for now, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this whole Malcolm Butler situation because we do have fresh updates now that it is Thursday going into Friday. We will let you all know when we come back. Hey guys, it's time to talk to you about the boatload of money you can make this week betting at mybookie.ag. If you haven't checked them out, this is the perfect time to get into action because the madness of March is here. Lay down some money and score big on college hoops. Join me and thousands of online players and start betting at mybookie.ag. Are you sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? Come join MyBookie today. I would only recommend a service that's been so good to me and my listeners. That's why I urge you to make your way to MyBookie. You win. They pay fast without any hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place a bet after tip-off. That's right. If you join with $100, you'll get an extra $50 bankroll to play with with their new feature of with their matching your first deposit with a 50 percent bonus use my promo code pats50 to activate the offer visit my boogie today or call 844-900-BETS play win and get paid welcome back into patriots b it is now time for us to get into the malcolm butler situation so the malcolm butler situation is bananas absolutely bananas so let's let's get this out of the way first. First of all, the Patriots have treated Malcolm Butler very poorly. I don't care how you try to frame it. I don't really care, you know, this, that, or the other. They have treated him incredible treated him, excuse me, very poorly with this. They have given another corner another contract. They've said they're not gonna sign him to a big deal. They said basically Sign our tender, do what we want, or we're going to trade you and cut you. Now, I understand that, like, that is the job of the team. They can do that, like, whatever. You know, that that's just how the league works. But I think a guy who won the Super Bowl, who has helped them win two in total, is only 27 years old and is going to be one of the better corners in football next year. I believe he deserved to get treated a little bit better. If, you know, I understand that slapping a tender on him is all they can really do. They can't just give him a ton of money. But I, I, I thought the whole time they were just waiting for someone to send him an offer sheet. And then once they send him an offer sheet, they were just going to match it. So I think that's honestly what the Patriots are waiting for. I think they're using the Saints. Maybe they're using the Saints as a way to find the market value for Malcolm Butler. And if they don't like the offer sheet, then the Saints are going to have to give them a first-round pick. And if they get 32 back, then I don't think that's that good. But if they can move up to 11 because of Malcolm Butler, I mean, you take that any day of the week. Malcolm Butler is most certainly not as valuable as the 11th overall pick in the draft, especially in this draft where the first 15 players are just outstanding. If the Patriots can roll up and pick up someone like a, like a Hassan Reddick really high or a really nice corner really high or, I don't know, if 
Maybe Ruben Foster drops out of the top 10. Who knows? You get that 11th pick and it opens up a lot of different things. And then all of a sudden you really don't have to trade for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. So we'll see what happens with this Malcolm Butler situation. The update today, uh, this being recorded on the Thursday before the Friday, this is being released as usual. The update today... Excuse me. The ooh, sorry, just woke up. The the update that we got today from who was it? I want to say it was Ian Rappaport. Rappaport said, "Let me find the tweet so I can get you guys the exact information." Uh, la 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 la. This is so annoying. Why? Ah, here we go. Okay. Ian Rappaport reported that the Saints are hosting Malcolm Butler on his visit now, and there's momentum towards finalizing a deal before he leaves. Well, very, very interesting indeed. You know, I would really like to see what the Saints are willing to pay Malcolm Butler because he's definitely worth a pretty penny. I mean, he's a very good player. He is still a restricted free agent. So if they want to trade both a first-round pick and give him a a butt-ton of money, then go right ahead. But the only reason I'd be a little bit wary to pay Malcolm Butler is simply because you just have no idea what he's going to be like after the age of 28. He's just a little bit... You know, it's just corners have a very short half life in the NFL. Once they reach about twenty nine or thirty, they kind of fall off a cliff. I mean, look what happened to Darrell Revis. Look what happened to Namdi Asamoa. I mean, most corners who end up getting to that age are forced to move to safety. I mean, Adis Williams way back when, or Adias Williams, I believe, is that his name? Aranus, Aeneas, I forget. Uh, the guy who used to play on the Cardinals did that. I mean, obviously Charles Woodson did that. Even then, McCordy had to do it. Like, even though he wasn't that old, obviously he was super young. They just realized he was better at the position, but. It, it, look, the, these corners, especially in the NFL today, are very, very shaky. I, I truly believe that we are in the middle of a big-time transition period on defense. And I think the Patriots looked at their secondary and said, we are too small. They were getting annihilated by big receivers every year. They got annihilated by a big receiver in the Super Bowl. I think they looked around the NFL and said, oh boy, we need to get faster, faster, faster. Now, I don't understand why Malcolm Butler isn't included in this, but Stefan Gilmore, to me, equals size and speed on the outside. Uh, Brandon Cooks, to me, equals speed on the outside. Dwayne Allen is speed at the tight end position. Lawrence Guy is a very quick interior defensive lineman. So I think they're going for speed. I think they realized that going against the Falcons, they were too slow. They were able to come back simply because the Falcons ran out of gas. But that doesn't mean that you don't need to change your team. Uh, They said something brilliant as well on – they they said something absolutely brilliant. uh, I believe it was on NFL Network. He said, or they said, excuse me, that one, the Patriots are not viewing that as, oh, wow, we ended up winning the Super Bowl. They viewed it as, oh, my God, we were down 25 points in the Super Bowl and we're forced to make the greatest comeback of all time. So 
Clearly, they identified a place that they need to get better. I, I can't stress how much I love the Brandon Cooks trade. I really think that that is a huge, huge move for this offense and for the future of what they're going to be trying to do. I really, really love that trade. I love the Lawrence guy signing. I love the Dwayne Allen trade. And here, ready, ready, people? Coney Ely is officially on the Patriots. I've acknowledged his existence. It is official. We we can now accept him as a member of the Patriots. But no, in all seriousness, uh, I I I really think that Coney Ely is a good uh, good pickup as well. Young guy still only three years in the league. Excuse me, is a very good pass rusher when you know. When he actually gets the chance to, he was great in the Super Bowl, had a bit of a disappointing season last year. So Patriots now get a chance to take a, take a defensive end and mold him next to Trey Flowers. I guarantee you they're, they, they're very much prioritizing just big defensive linemen who can rush the passer from the interior. So we'll see uh, what their defensive line obviously looks like as the, Offseason continues, but for now, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, Adam Bogdan of Stats LLC is going to join us and talk to us a little bit more about the Dante Hightower contract, as well as what he expects to see from the rest of the offseason. All that and more when we return. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. I know that me personally, when I was living in a college dorm, I used Blue Apron in order to get my fresh ingredients so that me and my roommate Jack could cook up some nice meals, maybe some fresh steaks, maybe some good chili, some quality stuff. And it's also a very fun holiday gift, so maybe for a nice Valentine's Day gift or a nice birthday gift coming up, I would give it to, I wouldn't give it to a girlfriend, obviously Blue Apron would be a little rough, but give it to a family member, maybe they can get some high quality ingredients in their life for less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals, so they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers, whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. So check out this week's menu. Get your first three meals free with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash patriots. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash patriots. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Welcome back into Patriots Beat. It is now time for a featured guest segment this week. We are very happy to welcome back onto the show Adam Bogdan, a data analyst for Stats LLC, former writer for Patriots Life and Number Fire, but obviously one of my favorite Patriots Twitter follows. Adam, thank you for joining us. No problem at all. Happy to be here. Very nice. So we, we've had a pretty crazy offseason so far for the Pats. Obviously, you know, signing... Um, Stephon Gilmore trading for Coney Ely, Dwayne Allen, and then obviously this past week trading for Brandon Cooks and then signing Dante Hightower officially uh, yesterday or the day before. I believe it was yesterday. But let, let's talk about Dante Hightower first before we get into the Malcolm Butler situation. Help us break down his contract a little bit. Four years, $43.5 million, 19 mil guaranteed. Is this about what you expected? Is it a little more? Is it a little less? It's definitely a little less because the 43.5 is actually the max value. He has a lot of um, game day active bonuses as well as Pro Bowl and Super Bowl um, incentives as well. So I think in reality his deal, I 
believe off the top of my head it's like 39 and a half million in reality so when it comes down to it this is a very very valuable deal it's less than they actually offered him by the sound of it before the season so i think um the market played out perfectly for them where teams were afraid to give him more than 10 million a year um whether that was based on scheme fit um whether it was his injury history whatever it was uh, it played out perfectly for the Patriots, and they got um, their best, one of their best defensive players back for a very reasonable deal, and it sounds like he's content with how the whole uh, situation played out, despite his market never turning into what was um, the general expectation of everyone. Did you, did you ever think the Jets were a legitimate threat to the Patriots for signing Hightower, or was it all, was it all just for show? I mean, I'm sure it wasn't just for show. I'm sure they truly wanted him on the team because um, he kind of fits kind of that pass-rushing bulldozer kind of linebacker uh, mold they fit in for. But in reality, I don't think that was ever in the cards because they were only offering him a little bit more per year, and he's never really seen um, a losing team from his time um, from Alabama to New England. So I don't think it was ever anything more than – just Hightower experiencing what it was like to kind of like get a variety of um, teams involved to kind of see where his value was um, to see exactly what he could get out of free agency. So I'm glad to see that Hightower took into account more than just, you know, the dollars and cents behind it all that it was um, winning success, a successful franchise that also played a much larger role um, in determining where he decided to go. No, it, it was really interesting to me as well to see that they treated this situation almost to a point as similar as they did to Devin McCourty. Like, they, they handled the situation exactly the way they handled his. Should we expect them to handle most, if not all, big time free agency, big time free agents like this in the future? Um, I think it was very unique in this situation because the Patriots had so much cap room to work with. Um, I believe it was kind of similar with the McCourty situation where they knew they could afford to outbid some other teams. Um, I'm not sure if that situation is always going to be present. Um, if it is, I could definitely see this where the market you know, sets the price and the Patriots offer what they believe is a fair deal and they either accept it or they move on. I mean, fortunately for the Patriots, they've been able to make it work out with two of their best defensive players. But I think a lot of it deals with kind of how the market played out and the financial situation that the Patriots and that kind of created this perfect storm um, to get Hightower back. So now let's let's move on to the Stefan Gilmore move, because obviously it kind of connects into the overarching theme of Malcolm Butler. Do you like the Gilmore deal? Do you think it was smart? Do you think they overpaid? Do you think they just kind of went, screw it, let's pick up the best corner free agency and hurt the Bills? How do you think they played this? Well, it, it was definitely shocking, especially once we found out kind of uh, more of the details there. Um, he's definitely getting paid a pretty penny, but I think his skill set kind of matches what they're trying to become. I think the Patriots really want to be more of a press man team that makes teams beat them with good throws, with good routes and stuff like that, kind of make the opponents, you know, make their own mistakes and uh, get the ball in the hands of the DBs. Um, it's tough because 
I didn't see this one happening. I This came out of left field in my eyes. I didn't think they would ever spend as much as they did on him. But it seems like they were prepared um, for this Malcolm Butler situation to play out how it has. And they viewed this as, you know, a move where it could prevent them from being in a desperation mode at cornerback because Logan Ryan was probably going to be getting paid a lot more than what they were comfortable with. Um, he got a decent deal in Tennessee. Um, Butler, clearly, um, the talks haven't been going ideally. Um, I still think there's a lot to play out there that we could be in store for some very interesting uh, conversations in regards to him over the next few days. But I think it was a solid deal overall. I mean, they got a very good player. They got a player that fits into what they're looking for on defense. Did they pay a bit much? Possibly, but that could have been what they needed to do in order to prevent themselves from being in a situation where they had to do something. Where in this situation, they are kind of fluid with Butler where they don't have to bring him back. But of course, it would be ideal to get, you know, to have two number one corners on that defense. But I also think they've got some things in the, in their back pocket for if Butler is ended up traded or if they don't match his restricted free agent tender, whatever ends up happening. Um, in the next few days here, but players like, you know, who knows with Revis, if he's still in the cards there, if he loses weight and gets back to form or Nikhil Roby is someone that I think would fit very well for that slot position with row outside to give Cyrus Jones another year to kind of develop. But I'm sure they've got contingency plans upon contingency plans. And in this case, this was a proactive one with bringing Gilmore on board. So, and then also, you know, the reports came out today that Malcolm Butler is working on a deal with the Saints uh, in his current right now. I mean, what what do you what do you think of all this? Is it is it kind of a craziness? Do you think it's like is this actually going to happen? Are they actually going to trade Malcolm Butler to the Saints? Well, the the interesting thing is is because Rappaport just put that out not too long ago that they were working on finalizing a deal, and it's odd because without more details, that could go so many different ways. Is are the Saints offering him a deal that he's going to sign that the Patriots have to match or they get the 11th pick? Or are they working on a deal verbally that he will bring back to New England and sign with the Patriots and then be traded? Or, you know, are the Patriots preparing to match whatever offer they're giving him? So there's a lot of unknowns right now that it really could go any of those three ways. And unfortunately, two of them likely mean that Butler is no longer going to be a New England Patriot. So it's it's a very fluid situation, and with the cap room the Patriots have, I can't rule out anything. I mean, they've got plenty of uh, cap room available, and they can create even more by, you know, either taking a pay cut from Amendola or cutting him or extending Solder. There's a variety of ways they can still create cap room if all of those fails. So it's a very fluid situation I would say with Malcolm Butler right now and we got to wait to see exactly what the Patriots response is once we figure out what this Saints deal looks like and if they're offering it to him to have him sign it or if they're verbally agreeing to it to set up a trade so I think once we find out some more details with that the uh, picture will become a bit more clear on what's going to happen with Butler here what do you think they actually could get for him in this trade do you think they'll get the 11th picked or do you think they'll try to get 32 back well, Malcolm Butler for 32, to me, is not a good value. I think the Saints would have to package multiple picks 
in addition to 32 in order to get Butler from them. Because otherwise, if that ends up being the trade, you're trading Malcolm Butler and a third-round pick for Brandon Cooks and a fourth-round pick. The cornerback position is so much more valuable on the New England Patriots than the wide receiver position is, as we've seen throughout the years. So that doesn't seem like a fair value trade there. So that's why I think if they do um, end up trading him for the 32nd pick, the Saints are also probably going to have to throw in another pick, whether that's a second, third rounder, you know, multiple picks on day three kind of thing. I don't think they will do it for 32 straight up. But um, I really don't think it's going to be number 11 either. That's a very, very valuable pick, unless the Patriots are giving up you know, some of their own picks in that trade. Um, but at this point, what sounds the most logical based on what I've seen and heard would be 32 plus some day two or three picks to go along with that if the trade ends up being what happens here. So away from the Malcolm Butler signing, and uh, we'll, we'll let you run out of here pretty soon, the, the Lawrence Guy deal is one that I really enjoy. I think Lawrence Guy is a very underrated player, fits perfectly into what the Patriots try to do. Can you explain to our listeners what he's going to bring to the table exactly? Well, because of his size, I mean, he's a pretty tall guy. I think he's 6'4", nearly 300 pounds. And um, he gives them the ability to line him up either in a traditional defensive tackle position as a one technique or a three technique, which is on the outside shoulder of the guards. He also light up on defensive end at certain occasions because he's a fairly good athlete. So given that versatility, he's able to do a variety of roles on that defensive front. So they can kind of put him in situations where either he's on a good matchup with an offensive lineman that's not quick enough to handle him, or if he's able to overpower a guard or a center, um, He's a, he's a very good athlete. I, I think you nailed it there that he's able to do a lot of different things for this defensive front. And he's kind of a plug-and-play player where they can utilize him in such a variety of ways that um, he's not just a defensive tackle or not just a defensive end. He doesn't have one set spot where he can play. You know, They can kind of put him in where they see fit to utilize um, kind of the pass rush disruptive skills that he has. It's kind of that big guy. So I think, yeah, I absolutely agree that he was a great signing, um, especially for the value that they got him for. I think it was a very sound deal there. So last question before we let you out of here, Adam. What is next for this Patriots team? You know, they've signed so many guys. They've traded for so many guys this offseason, but still honestly have a buttload of cap space. What's the next move? Well, I still think the tight end position could be improved a little bit. I mean, personally, I might be wrong for thinking this, but I think a lot of people will agree with me. I don't think you can assume Rob Gronkowski is going to play a full 16-game season. Um, Dwayne Allen has had his variety of issues um, with his health. So I think that number three tight end position almost needs to be a tight end 2B um, that provides you some pass catching and blocking ability. And there's a lot of solid tight ends still out there. Um, there's Gavin Escobar, there's Luke Wilson, there's a variety of other guys out there that you know, could kind of fit that role where they could use them on big packages and so on and so forth. I still think um, players like Matt Langle could, you know, step up in this next year and possibly take that third spot. Um, but at this point, I think um, adding some competition there wouldn't hurt. Um, it's possible that they bring back Michael Floyd um, because no other wide receiver on the roster has his size. 
So he's kind of someone that could fit a need. Um, being a big wide receiver, I think he's 6'3", which I think the next closest wide receiver is Chris Hogan. Um, defensive end, there's a few guys out there like Connor Barwin that could interest them, um, kind of give them some pass rush on the outside while providing some run support. Um, running back, who knows what's going to happen with AP and Charles. I mean, at this point, their value is just dropping like a rock. Um, with Dallas bringing back, uh, what's his face? Uh, Matt McFadden, that kind of, you know, eliminates one of AP's choosing places. Um, right now it's just Green Bay and Oakland. I think once they decide what they're going to do with their running back situation, I think that could be a place that they look into if one of those two guys is, remains unsigned and if the value isn't there, maybe they're like, I want to win at the end of my career and go with New England. So I think those are kind of the places they go at. Of course, once this Malcolm Butler situation plays out, they might have to be looking into that cornerback market. I mentioned maybe Revis. Again, I'm lukewarm on that. He really has to – I know they reported yesterday, Rappaport said that uh, he's willing to take a veteran minimum deal because he's going to be paid $6 million either way because of the Jets contract. So he has nothing to lose, really. And if that's the case, why not go back to the team you had success with and won a Super Bowl with? So that could be a low-risk, high-reward kind of situation there. And then, like I said, yeah, Nicole Roby is a slot guy. He's really physical there, has good quickness. So he could be someone that they could match up with some of the quicker, smaller receivers um, while Cyrus Jones continues to learn and develop to be – that slot corner. So yeah, those are the places I think still could be addressed. Um, but yeah, this Malcolm Butler situation has to play out first before I think they get too serious with um, those other free agents. Sorry, but that had a little bit of a, of a <laughs> uh, audio break there, but thank you, Adam, for joining us on this episode. You're always a, a big help for us trying to figure this stuff out. We'll definitely have you on soon. And uh, thanks for joining us. All right, no problem at all. Happy to be here. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. What's going on, Pass Nation? This is Marvin Zahn of CLNS Radio, and I'm here to tell you right now to check out the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show hosted by myself and my co-host, Mr. Mike Nice, and live on CLNSRadio.com immediately after every single Pats game. Call in at 929-477-2386 toll-free to get your voice heard and contribute to the host breakdown and analysis of the latest Patriots contest. We also got the stars and sorries of the day, Twitter polls for the play of the game, and everything else that is going on with the four-time Super Bowl champions. Subscribe to the CLNS Radio New England Patriots postgame show on iTunes and Stitcher and the best way. Download the free CLNS Radio mobile app for on-demand listening anytime, any place, anywhere. For this week's Patriots Beat Podcast, please remember to find us on Facebook and Twitter on Facebook at facebook.com slash clnsfans and on Twitter at clnsradio. want to thank uh, Adam Bogdan for joining us. want to thank Mike, Larry, and Nick as always. Thanks to Hyde209 and Joshua Morris for the music. We will be back with you next week for a little more draft talk. 
as well as more updates on the Patriots free agency. We will have all that more on our episode coming up to you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone, and we'll see you next time.